McQueeze is super sick, and I mean, the show must go on. No, I'm just saying. She probably won't be better tomorrow, and I need to get this episode out so I can start the next one, because if I don't do this tonight, then I won't have anything really to do tomorrow, and I need to finish this one up so it doesn't become another Manson episode, and so I can move on. But Jen is here, and... I am super happy. I was not looking forward to this. I know. Well, it all worked out. The school that my school's volleyball team was playing in the lower state championship is right down the road from John and Nicole. So um, I got there just in time to watch our team lose, which is kind of sucky. But also it benefits me because two of their players are on my basketball team. So I get them back. But it is what it is. It, it sucked. They had a really good season. They only lost one game or match or whatever you call it to this school that they just played in the lower state finals. Oh, so, really? Yeah, they had a really good season. So it's disappointing, but, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. So I literally was pulling out of the parking lot and I was like, let's see what's going on. Would and you check your... My Discord to see. Oh, nice. And then yeah. I saw that you were requiring. I was like, oh, did I miss it? Or is he still going? And I saw you were just starting. I'm like, I'm on my way. Like the nice. Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, help is on the way. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's funny. But uh, now Nicole can can mediate from the other room. And she, when she was like, you guys cannot record alone by yourselves. We're not technically by ourselves. She's here to mediate just from the other room. No, I mean, we'll be fine. Jen and I have a good dynamic, but I'm telling you, sometimes we go to the throats, man. I'm telling you. I will you. try to behave myself. I'm telling There's been times where we just, we, we both have like scars right here. <laughs> Anyway, so Jen, tell me, what do you think about the last episode? Um, It just makes me kind of feel validated in my beliefs of paranormal activity. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I kind of feel that way too, man. I don't know. Because there's just so much and yeah. there's so many people claiming. And literally, people will move into this house. This is the house that this story is based on. Poppet's Way. Sorry, the TV is this way. I, I, I kind of remember. It has a garage. Yeah. Inside. Crazy, crazy. But that's where we're going to tonight. And I don't know, man. Let's get started, dude. Yep. This is this is nuts, man. This is freaking nuts. And this won't be too long because I know you got to get home to Murphy. But yeah, I fed him before I left, but it is a school night. So, yeah. All right. Well, sweet. Let's get it going. Um, no surprise shot tonight either, because, again, it's a school night. This is cool. Also, I'm still recovering from this past weekend. I'm surprised I even grabbed this beer. Where'd you go again? Um, we went, I went out with Tara to one of the bars downtown. In the town Is she your wingman? Kind of, but she's not a, <laughs> I love her to death. She's she, not a good wingman. She's, she's, she's not a bad wingman. She just needs to work on her selection of people that she's wingmanning me for. Oh shit. She's one of those. No, I mean, it, we really only had like one experience that kind of was little like, like the, guy, the guy was sketchy. Yeah. And, and she's I was just like, oh, I, he seems fine. Literally, <laughs> like quite literally, I was just like, Mm-mm. she's like, yeah. And I'm like, no, dude. Like, and then the guy followed us and wanted us to go back to his house. It was like really awkward. That is super awkward. But yeah. So. All right. On the last episode, I I stopped with the Haney couple. The Haney couple just moved in next door. And the first thing they wanted to do is put a swimming pool in. Right. And so they started digging backhoe and everything. Super excited. They hadn't even saw any of the the paranormal stuff yet. They mm-hmm. haven't experienced anything. An elderly man shows up, shows up at the door. He's got this worried look on his face. He doesn't kind of fit in to, I mean, he's, he's just like shows up randomly, starts mm-hmm. knocking on the door and asking about the pool. Like a Jehovah's Witness kind of, but for the pool? Yeah, I guess. But he wasn't nicely dressed or anything. I mean, I, this man is like, this man is pushing 100 and he showed up huh. in in his late 90s. Okay. And he says, I see you're going to put a swimming pool in back there. That's right. Sam answered, wondering who this could possibly be. Well, before you do, there's something you should know about your backyard. There are people buried back there. Damn. <laughs> so- and I would be like, and are you a realtor by any chance? Because you can sell my property now. How does this man know bodies are buried back there? Dude, this neighborhood was just leveled, mm-hmm. just cleared. 
trees everywhere. No civilization is out in the middle of nowhere. Like how, like everything looks the same too. Right. So how is he going to know, okay, right here is where the bodies are buried. Like right here. Like out of all this stuff, like nothing but trees and everything. And now everything's cut. So everything looks different. Like the guy's out of his mind. How would he even know what spot? Is he like a criminal? Does he, was he involved in burying the bodies there? Or was he someone that studied civilizations and knew that that there was possibility of a civilization being buried there? That's a good guess. Civilization or um, like an old timey. That'd yeah, be cool. Like a historian of the town or something. Yeah. Sam Hanley is. Like, That's the homeowner. Uh, yeah. The homeowner. Okay. Okay. And he takes this guy back and right where they're putting the pool, right where they're starting to dig, literally bodies are buried down there. So Sam's like, all right, excuse me. You know, you're starting to freak me out. We just bought this home. How, how do you even know bodies are buried down there? Well, I'm the one that buried them. Huh? Mm. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Eh? So the man, excuse me, sir. (laughs) Excuse me. So the man left at that point. He called the medical examiner. The police obviously got in touch with the medical examiner. The next thing you know, a hearse is coming down the street because if it is bodies, you can't just be digging them up. Right. You know? Yeah. So they need the medical examiner. And then no one knows who is down there. Like, why is there bodies down there? Right. And at the same time, they're trying to get in touch with this elusive man who was just there. And now he just vanished. Like, what the hell? Where? Who is this guy? Oh, he just like kind of well, he left. W- he just like never came back. No, he left. Yeah, he'll come back into oh, the okay. scene. Yeah. So a hearse pulls up and they start digging out these supposed bodies. They're digging. And the first thing they hit is a little chip of wood. They're like, what? Wood? Oh, a casket. But it's a little, it's not like a, a casket. You would hit it as the whole thing. This is like a little splinter. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Judith held one hand to her mouth as they raised the old coffin from the ground, the sheriff and the mortician standing alongside them. There was a creaking, groaning sound, and then something gave. Not all of the coffin or all of the body came up. As the portion of the rotten casket had been disinterred, was being carried off the premises, the Haneys could see a scaled arm and hand dangling down. A wedding band tumbled to the ground. Round. And when one of the men touched the hand, it crumbled to dust. Judith turned away. Sam embraced her. The medical examiner, for, for whatever reason, and Judith would talk about this because this is kind of crazy. He put picks up the hand of this dead body. Half of it disintegrates. The ring finger disintegrates. The ring falls off. Whoever, whoever this was, it was married. Mm-hmm. So it looks like a couple here. The ring falls off. And then the medical examiner puts it in Judith's hand. Like, are you, there you go. <sighs> This is yours now, I guess, since you own the property. It's all right. So imagine yourself being this like Judith and Sam, the the people that just moved in. Not only have you dug up a grave and I know it's not their fault, but they dug up a grave uh, wanting to put a swimming pool on the property. And now they actually desecrated the bodies Oh yeah, because you know how they pulled them out of the ground. Now they're desecrated. There are two bodies that were pulled up and now they're desecrated and removed. To put a swimming pool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of tricky because once you find out that there are bodies on the property, it's like, do you leave them alone and continue to live your life knowing that you have a gravesite in your backyard or do you move them to put them in a final resting place? But in this case, like the coffin was rotten. And then I think of the phrase, like, remember you are dust into dust, you shall return. Like the hand is just like yeah. not there anymore. But I don't know. That's a hard question. Like, I mean, I used to live by a cemetery. Yeah. And now that I think about it, it's kind of creepy, but. Well, I never had any problems. Right. But I feel like if I knew it was a cemetery, like this is definitely a cemetery. I'm not going to try to buy that property, number one, because I just don't fuck with that. And then number two, um, like if there was accidental. Well, yeah, if there was if there was someone that was like in my property line. If they're like, they miswrote the fence or something like that. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't dig there if I knew that there were bodies there. But if an old man, a creepy, crazy old man is just like, Hey, there are bodies there. Like, like, am I supposed to believe him? What if it's like a Barbara situation? I mean, out of all the houses though, he came to this house. It's like he, but how do I know he didn't go to the other houses first? To, to, I don't know. I mean, and it's, it's almost, it's worse because he waited until he knew they were putting a pool in. 
if if okay, so then if you are curious and it's like, okay, well, this dude's crazy, like I'm gonna start digging, then you find something, okay, then stop digging, like leave it alone. Yeah. This story we're starting the very next year. So this is nineteen eighty one. The and we're starting with the Williams family. Okay, but did they build the the pool? We're gonna go back to that. Okay. Yeah. So I have to wait for that. Yeah. It just kind of reminds me. We're gonna talk all about why the bodies are there and everything else, but I'm getting into more spooky stuff right now. Okay, but it just kind of speaking of spooky reminds me of the scene in Hercules where like, you know, the Disney movie version of Hercules where they have the underworld and it's like the souls are like in a whirlpool. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. That's why I thought it because swimming pool with like dead people. And I don't know. I mean, I guess like no matter where you build, the probability of there being someone dead over millions of years has got to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know. Think of population density. Yeah. So we were talking about Gene and Ben. Mm -hmm. They were the owners of 803 Poppet's Way. That's the Williams where, family. The Williams family. Yeah, that, with Jeannie. Oh, no, Jean's the mom. Yeah, Jean, Tina. And Tootie. Yeah, so. Right, is that Jen, the Jen, or Jean. Jennifer. Jean and Ben. Bean. Jean. Bean, and, we called yeah, them Bean. <laughs> Jen and Bean has three daughters. Yeah. Tina, Jennifer, and Tootie. And, and they have their whole family there. A lot of them are going to get sick, as we're going to talk about. Right. But Tina was the one that had she Hodgkin's has, lymphoma. Yeah, which is. Uh, Cancer. Very serious blood cancer. Then Jennifer was the one that was like Went growling. crazy. Yeah. And lost her daughter. Yeah. We don't know much about Judy though. Yeah. Not yet. Uh, We'll get there. Okay. Got it. Sorry. Yeah. So Carly is Jennifer's daughter. That's oh. the one she lost custody of. Right. So she is the youngest in the house. Okay. She's going to be more apt to speaking with these spirits. Ooh. Yeah. We always see that, you know, like the young kids. I see dead people. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they say that children are are more um, in touch with, with that world. I think it's because they like... They believe. I, don't, I mean, um, I don't know. They, there's there is a reason, but children are very sensitive to the paranormal. Yeah, Jean loved her finches. She had a couple finches and little bird cages, and they would fly around. But she started noticing when she got these finches that they would start going crazy, especially when the storms came. We talked about the storms. I'm going to go over the storms again, but very local quote, very local storms, just literally over this one section of this neighborhood. And you were saying that happened when you were building with the, that guy. It did. And I never thought about it until now. I promise you that happened. I believe I mean, it you. it ripped. We had this tent that was a really nice tent and we had it out there. It was like a sun tent. So it had stakes and everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember it just got ripped to shreds. Did you guys use a tarp? And it was so, it was so quick. Like this storm just came from effing nowhere and it was localized over our heads. I mean, that's John's Island too. There's a lot of history out there like a yeah. lot of a lot of war history the civil war, the civil war and all those battles out there the uh indians had like a big last stand out there right on that property yeah so i had that's this that's the part of the low country where i've spent the least amount of time that's the part of the country that's got all the creepy shit john's island yeah it's, yeah it's creepy down there lots of swamps and stuff anyway these storms were very local branches flying 90 miles an hour wind dark as night in mid-afternoon the storm sewers would become backed up. And when that happens, the snakes come out. They start slivering all over the place. Lightning so strong, it would make your heart jump beats. I was in the car last year and my school is in the swamp area and there was a storm and the lightning struck. It was the closest lightning strike I've heard. It, like I literally was driving out of the school, turning left out of the, out of the parking lot. And it, it was so close. I literally like jumped. I had to check my pants because it was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You literally pulled over and checked your pants. No, I didn't pull over. Oh. <laughs> I jumped and then I, you know, just did a little. Did you really? Really? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I had to make sure. I mean, I was on my way home, but like it was it was scary. It was like it made me jump like it was loud. Oh, my God. Almost as loud as the time where we had that headphone issue. <sighs> yeah. Sorry about that. That was pretty bad. It was it happened twice. The second time was like a thousand times oh worse. Oh, my gosh. You know how many times this happened to me over the a five lot, probably. years? Yeah. When the storms came out, the snakes would come out. They would crawl all over the ground of this property. Black snakes that look like spaghetti noodles just everywhere. No. The earthworms would come out and they'd be sticking halfway yeah, out of the ground, like wiggling. The snakes would be wiggling around them. It was just... 
dude, like you can't make this up. It is awful. The earthworms will eventually make their way to the streets and just die. The sun will eventually get them because the sun will be up in literally 10 minutes. Yeah. Like nothing happened. The sun will be up. The earthworms will be fried and then they'll be crunchy when stepped on. Anyway, the finches. The finches would start going crazy during these storms. They would, quote, fly at each other, pecking and gouging each other, just killing each other. This would also happen right after the toilets flushed. So when the toilets flush by themselves, or if there's a storm, or if the finches start going crazy, you know something's about to happen. Mm. Like something's going to move, something's going to fall, you're going to see a shadow, it's going to get cold. Like something's not right, which is crazy. Jean had went over there to the finches after this particularly horrible storm. She lifted the cover because she put a cover, like a little fabric over the cages to kind of calm them down. She lifted the cover right after the storm. Quote, what she saw transfixed her. There were her two finches lying on the floor of the cage being devoured by swarms of ants. I didn't know the ants were carnivorous. How did I know? How did they even get to the cages? Because they're like hanging too. It's like the cages were hanging. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they like crawled up the wall and kamikaze the birds. <laughs> Nuts. Oh my gosh. Ugh. The snakes were everywhere. Some real, some imaginary. It became hard sometimes to distinguish between the two. And when the toilets would flush by themselves, Carly would sometimes wait for them to do it. They would seem to gurgle and try to speak. Carly imagined people in the ground under the house trying to speak through the toilets. It was funny, but also sad and sometimes unpleasant to think about. You know what that reminds me of? How in prisons they would... Oh, did you just watch that with us? No. There was some documentary we yeah. watched. Well, I don't know if you watched it with us. It was in like a New York prison where they had multiple stories. Yes. And they would talk to each other through By the- sending notes through the toilet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But they would literally put their faces up to the toilets to like, I don't know, hear when a note's coming up. So they would get like the grossest game of telephone ever. I know. It's like, what the what's wrong with these people, man? I mean, (laughs) they don't really have a whole lot of entertainment options. So, yeah, that's true. Things start getting real bad real fast. Mm -hmm. Glenn, which is Gene's father's son. So Gene, her father, his name is Robert. Right. He's also going to get fatal cancer. Her father and her stepbrother? Yes. And his daughter? Yep. His his four-year-old daughter is going to get leukemia. Mm. Anyway, Glenn, Gene's stepbrother, was the first to get cancer in the house. Mm -hmm. He had visited often. They found black spots on his lungs. He would be dead within six months. His dying words to his sister and Ben was simply telling them to get out of the house. She's reading from uh, the memoirs of Ben and Jean Williams. So we'll talk about that. It's called Black Hope Horror, the true story of a haunting. In the course of one of their last conversations, Glenn told Jean to get out of the house on Poppet's way. They'd been talking about four members of the fam- family finding, their, finding they had cancer, all so close together, three within a day of each other. What the fuck? Three within a day of each other? Mm-hmm. That's not normal. Four family members within three days, it says, had found out they had cancer. I mean, why would you even want to go visit? If I was, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I guess by the time they find out, it's too late. It's so bizarre. Like you hear about cases of like mesothelioma or like you, like if you spend a lot of time in places that have lead paint or asbestos, like that's one thing. But if for someone who just had this brand new build and if everything was up to code and then all of a sudden like three people in your family like it's like oh you have cancer and it's like oh no and then the next day oh your daughter has cancer i I know wait what the fuck and then how sad is that that's terrible four-year-old daughter i mean whoever's owner of this house has got to be freaking malicious or something i don't know i still want to hear about the markings on the tree did you guys take a look at the trees on your property yesterday yeah we did i did (laughs) anything sketchy um you'll share later uh is nicole in here she is oh oh no no (laughs) Your old guy that showed up was only 70, so it's safe, right? Yeah. He was like, there is only one body? No, I think our neighbor may have went over there and played a joke on us and started putting pentagrams and... Oh, did you bring out the um, the Parker Brothers Ouija board? No, I'm I didn't see anything. That's good. But but it's probably because we cut all those trees down. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, literally, most of the trees are down anyway. Fuck. <laughs> 
So anyway, um, Martin says nothing to see here. Wolfie wants you to sage the property. I would probably be in agreement. You can't sage the property. Yeah, you can. You can go along the property lines and then just go like if you have a square property, you go along the outside of the of the property and then you make an X in between and then you go up and down. All you need to do is get a tractor. You can do it on a tractor. No one said you had to walk it. I mean... Or you can get an alpaca and ride the alpaca along the <laughs> along the property lines with Sage. And, and at this point, so Glenn's dead. Gene's stepbrother Glenn is dead, right? And at this point, the funeral happened and Ben is also working late. He's having these experiences too, but he is, he's dealing with it for himself by staying at work. Now this guy's over 60. He should be retiring. Mm. But now he is spending all of the waking day at work and he doesn't get home till the wee hours at night and he leaves before 5 a.m. because remember the coffee. Right. The coffee situation. So yeah. he's up at 4, 4.30, doesn't get home till 9 or 10. So Gene and Carly and Tina are basically there by themselves most of the time. But a week or two after Glenn's funeral, Gene gets a call at 803 Poppet's Way. Gene well, picked up the phone in the den. The only response to Gene's hello was a tortured gasping for breath, coughing in one word. <coughs> you. It was as if someone, it was a man's voice, had started a sentence, then couldn't continue. The line went dead. Someone is calling Jean. She's getting freaked out. It's usually Jennifer on the line doing her, you're going to die. You're going to die. Do the roar. Do you remember that from Shrek 4? Mm, I've never seen it. Oh. But this was, a, this was a man's voice. And Jean looks at Ben and says, I know this sounds crazy, but that was Glenn. They just went to Glenn's funeral two weeks ago. I know this sounds crazy, but that was Glenn. How is Glenn calling? He's in the graveyard. Oh, you just buried Glenn. Exactly. But Jean knows her brother's voice. That was him. I know my brother's voice, Jean continued. The cough, the rasp, all of it. It was him or something mocking him. At this point, Ben's working late and his Carly, Gene, and Tina. Carly had got a cat, Smokey. Smokey, that was his name. Was he a gray cat? He was a gray cat, yeah. This cat was helping her cope with all these strange occurrences. Now, this is a 10-year-old girl, and she's going through this crazy... I mean, she just saw these finches. She just saw these finches gouge each other's eyes out and then get eaten by ants. Yeah, spooky. So let's get a cat. Maybe a cat will be better. I mean, cats like to bring dead presents. Yeah. One night when Ben's gone at work... They're all in the master bedroom and they start hearing footsteps. There was a particularly bad storm. And during the storm, there were footsteps. So at this point, it's Carly, Jean and Tina. They're all in the master bedroom where they stay the whole day, literally, literally scared. Right. To be in this house. Yeah. They hear footsteps and it follows by the front door slamming. Oh, someone's leaving? But the front door is locked and there's only three girls in the house. They're the only three in the house. Ben's at work. Right. He won't be home for another five hours. Hmm. Why did the door slam? They all knew it was the door. They right. they knew that sound. I mean, what else would it be? It sounded like the footsteps that they hear after this door slammed, it sounded like they had a weird gait. One foot dragging behind the other like it was dead or something. Oh. So it was like boom, shh, boom, shh, boom, shh, boom. All the way down the hall, getting louder, coming towards the master bedroom where they're all at. Very scary. Yeah. Gene, Carly, and Tina were all curled up in the master bedroom. And then Gene grabbed the 38 caliber because, you know, maybe it is an intruder. The front door did slam. Mm -hmm. Quote, Carly was clinging to Tina as hard as she could. Her face buried in Tina's chest. Tina was staring ahead, transfixed. These footsteps kept coming. Now they're all like freaking out. Right. All of a sudden, Gene realizes she's the protector. She's got to protect everyone. Yeah. So she's got this gun and she starts making her way to the door because the door is open. Yeah. And the footsteps are coming down the hall and eventually they're going to be whoever's walking is going to be right there in the doorway. Mm -hmm. And she wants to be there so she can shoot whoever it is. Very scary situation. Yeah. Those, those footsteps kept coming. Boom. Boom. 
boom, like one leg being dragged behind the other, like it was completely dead. Like Igor. Yeah. Smokey, the cat, started tensing up and staring straight at the entryway door, just like in the zone. Yeah. Getting tense. You can tell the fur, the mohawk she, you know, animals get on their back. The fur stands up. She's staring straight into the entryway door and she's assuming this low crouch. Like she's just, her adrenaline's up. Jean is walking towards the front door. The footsteps are getting real close now. They're only feet away from the door. So Jean is, <laughs> hold the gun, shaking. I gotta uh, come on you got this just pull the trigger when when you see something so this is a very scary situation well yeah sounds like an intruder but she did hear footsteps go right past her she did feel the cold sticky feeling intensify as the thing for that was how she was conceived of it passed by or through her she sensed a bitter taste in her mouth that lingered for many minutes momentarily she felt released and rushed back into the bedroom where it had gone Carly and Tina were still sitting in bed back pressed to the wall, pure terror contorting their faces. Neither seemed capable of speech. Jean is at this entryway door and the footsteps go through her. She's hearing the footsteps. And as you read from her own words, she gets a sticky feeling, this cold, sticky feeling. And she can look down and hear the footsteps right where her feet are. Whatever's here is walking through her. But that's not the first time we've heard them describe it as a sticky feeling. Yeah, I know. It's these, yeah. Feels gross. Yeah, I know. I've been there before. I meant with the, the ghost. Anyway, these heavy, sinister footsteps stop at the foot of the bed. Jean is like, what the fuck? She's looking at the bed, at the foot of the bed. Smokey is now looking at the foot of the bed, just like purring and snarling and just going crazy at this point. Something's there. They can't see anything, but the footsteps stop right there. Did the whatever it was jump on the bed? And that's why you can't hear it anymore, you know? Yeah. Like a pillow fight. A ghost pillow fight. Smokey starts snarling louder and louder, clearly ready to pounce like a panther towards its prey. Quote, Smokey was a furry aura now. Every hair on end. Ears were back. Fangs were barred. And he was hissing. (laughs) The tension was unbearable. Something was there. It wasn't moving. And Smokey was about to explode. All of a sudden, Smokey leaps high in the air towards whatever this is, this invisible nothing. His claws are outstretched. His teeth are in full profile. This cat, time stands still. Smokey's eyes transfixed on its target. Saliva reflecting off his white teeth upon reaching his destination, which was the pinnacle of his jump. And we know that because the way his claws, whatever he was seeing in his mind, he's got his claws wrapped around it. Right. Because he jumped and he's like, ah, claws clenched. Yeah. At that second, an electric spark out of nowhere. It was clear as day, like a million static discharges and this blinding white light. Just what the fuck? He hit something. The cat falls. It was like he hit a brick wall, jumped straight. And as soon as he hit this one point in the middle of the air, this electric spark, and he just fell right down on the floor. Crazy as shit ever. He survived, though. Days shooken up, a hero defeated back to its feline form, meowing and then scurrying off down the hall. Well, I'm glad it didn't kill him. Whatever just happened, it worked to, to diffuse the energy or, or whatever. Whatever it was was not there anymore. After this incident, Smokey became the self-appointed protector of Carly. She could not go anywhere without him. He was going to protect her with his his every being. That's awesome. I'm going to run over the cancer situation real quick. This is terrible. We have a four-year-old getting cancer here. I mean, I guess you can't directly tie it to this, but I don't know. You know, I mean, the whole family gets cancer. Is that like a thing? It, well, I mean, I feel there is a, a hereditary aspect to yeah, cancer. Yeah, but there are all but different not, types of cancer, But though. not like this. It's there, very strange for it to all happen all at once and to have the different there are two lung, There's two lung cancers. None of 
of the family smoke. There's leukemia. There's Hodgkin's, Hodgkinson's disease. And then there's one other one. Can't remember. Well, Hodgkin's and well, leukemia is the white blood cell that attacks the white blood cells, which I guess could be. Which kids get to, a lot. I yes. think. Not a lot, but. That's the most popular cancer in kids. I feel. I feel like that's. Right. Yeah. And it's supposedly the worst. It's aggressive. Like the worst. Um, and then lung cancer. I mean, even if you're not a smoker, there are definitely environmental hazards, especially back in the eighties that could have affected the, you know, the people who got sick, but I I don't know. I'm going to go over the cancer by the fall of 1982, less than two years of the Williams moving into this house. Five members of the family will have terminal cancer. One would already be dead. Mm. Tina, Robert, which is Jean's father, Glenn, which is Jean's brother, Glenn's four-year-old, named Shelly, which is Jean's niece, and then Jean's mother, Granny. That's what her name is Louise, but they call her Granny. Granny would deteriorate rather quickly upon finding out she had cancer. She would start walking around and saying stuff like, they got me. They got me. They're going to get all of us. They got me and they're going to get you. That's spooky. Very spooky. They had already claimed Glenn at the age of 53. Robert had deteriorated so fast in such a short period of time that he had to be confined to a nursing home with full-time care. He would rip off his clothes and run around screaming at the house house saying, they're going to get you. They're going to get you. And he would say something weird. He would say, uh, I want to see through Glenn's eye. I want to see through Glenn's eye is weirdest shit ever. Robert died one year to the day of his father, Glenn. Mm. Soon Ben's mother, Clyde, became very ill. She'd be the sixth one in the family with terminal cancer. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. At this point, I mean, this is two years in. Carly is not making any friends. The friends she's making in the neighborhood aren't staying because they're leaving. Yeah. Ben, you understand, Ben and Jean can't leave. Right. This was their retirement home. They, and now they have six family members or five or six family members that need full-time care. They have no money. They can't sell their home. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't. They're stuck. Well, they sunk a lot of money in building the house. And then with all of this happening, the value dropped, you said, 70%, right? Yeah. Carly had trouble making friends. No one would stick around the neighborhood. No one, definitely no one wanted to come to her place. She did find it a lot easier, though, to make friends at home. And the house helped her with that. She would say she didn't even have to use her imagination. She just had friends at the house. She started sleep talking. And this is her sleep talking. Like Nicole. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. She does that quite a bit. The theme of Carly's midnight monologues was always death. Who are you talking to? Tina once asked. Dead people, Carly said. (laughs) Why dead people? I don't know. They talk to me. So I talk to them. What did they say? It's not always nice to be dead. But it is nice to be alive, isn't it? Tina asked, almost hopefully. I guess so, Carly said. You know, we all love you here. Mima, Peepa, me, Tootie, Granny, Papa. Only living people can love. Maybe that's why dead people are so sad, she hesitated. Then added, and mad. Are they mad? At us, Carly said. They don't want us here. Why not? It's their place. Jesus. You think she was really talking to him? And why would she say that? This is a 10-year-old. She's still alive, by the way. Okay. Yeah, she's still alive. She is, um... Uh, I will say the Williams, her, I guess that would be her grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they've passed and pretty much everyone else, but she's still alive. All right. At this point, in about a year and a half from the time she gets smoky, there will be three dead cats. First the finches, then the cats. They, How many cats did they have? Was it they got Smokey, then got another cat to be Smokey's friend and that cat died? Or was it they got Smokey and Smokey died? Mm-hmm. They got Smokey as a kitten. He died a couple months later. They got another cat named uh, Prissy. He died a couple months later. Then they got another cat named Garfield. And we know, know that. That's so strange because cats have a long a long lifespan, typically. Some of them live into their 20s. Well, hold on to your fur. Smokey had wandered off in the woods one afternoon and Carly searched and cried for days. Smokey, Smokey. You saw the woods back there on the Google Earth. Mm. Back there, bunch of woods. Smokey's back there somewhere. Smokey's back there somewhere. Is he ever going to come back? Oh, God. 
She was crying and screaming his name. The whole family was looking for him. He was just gone, completely gone, until he wasn't. The reunion between Smokey and Carly should have been something to tear up and cry about and thank God for, but it was horrifying. Excitedly, Carly runs over to Smokey when he comes back, and she's going to scoop him up, but she stops short. It was Smokey, all right. Smokey had three markings on his feet, like three of his toes were white. Mm -hmm. Very unique from birth. Right. This was Smokey, but the eyes were different. Oh, no. As Gene would put it, quote, Smokey was the same outside, but not inside. Like Pet Cemetery. At this point, this is when Smokey comes out of the woods. This is all happening in real time. Carly runs over there to scoop up her best friend, and she stops because she knows something's not right. At this point, Granny, which is Gene's mother, right. runs out of the door yelling, don't touch it. Don't touch that cat. That thing's evil. That That's not your cat. Dang, Granny. No shit. Right then, the cat started growling. Unearthly kind of growl. Yeah. Carly ran inside screaming. Within a few days, Smokey would be dead. He refused to eat anything and he wasted away. What the hell happened to Smokey in these woods? The next cat, Prissy, died the same way. She changed after being lost in the woods for several days. The life drained from her. Her skin began exuding an oily black substance that had a terrible odor. Mm. She stopped eating and wasted herself away. The next cat, Garfield, which is fitting with the... Right, fluffy orange cat. Yeah, fluffy orange cat. Who loves to eat lasagna and hates Mondays. Yes, the next cat was Garfield. Here, kitty, kitty. Here, Garfield. Here, kitty, kitty. Where are you at, baby? Here, kitty, kitty. Here we go again. Garfield, the newest addition, escaped into the woods. But this time, Carly saw him escape. Did she go into the woods after she him? She went in after him. Oh, no. You don't go into the woods. Not in this place. She is not even 10, 10 years old, maybe. Garfield ran in the woods. She saw it. She saw him run in the woods. And she wasn't going to let that happen. She's not going to let what happened to Smokey and Prissy happen to Garfield. Garfield's here to stay. Right. She's going in there. Do not approve, but whatever. This is in the 80s. Garfield runs into the woods and so does Carly. However, Carly being a child doesn't really know what she's getting into. She runs in the woods. She's dodging all these branches. She gets pretty deep into the bushes, into the woods. I hope she had shoes on. She realizes that, man, it's the middle of the day. It's, is it chilly? Reason. She also noticed it got kind of dark. She could hear Jean from the house calling, Carly, Carly. Okay. And she could tell how frantic Jean was. So Carly turns around, then turns around again and again and again and again and again. It all looks the same. Uh oh. She can't tell where Jean's calling from, which direction. This all the same. Now, this is a true story. This is in the book. This right, is from right. her words. Yeah. yeah. Everything looked the same now. Then she talks about getting a, a sinking feeling inside a 10 year old. Getting a feeling that deep in these woods, something is watching her. I always feel like something is watching me. Somebody's watching you. I didn't want to sing because, you know, copyright. Yeah. Everything looks the same to Carly. She gets a sinking feeling that she's being watched. She gets these goosebumps and shivers. Oh, God. Just doesn't feel right. No. Here, kitty, kitty, Garfield. She hears a hiss. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> She's terrified. She starts stepping backwards. Whatever, whatever is in front of her in the bushes, she feels that whatever that is is watching her. So she starts stepping backwards. Mm. <sighs> so she starts to see like eyes come through the bushes. She can hear hissing. She thinks it's Garfield, but she knows something's in those bushes and something's staring at her, watching her, something. So she starts stepping back slowly, left foot, right foot, and then she's walking Looking back, you know, quiet, trying to be quiet here. Kitty, kitty. Her right heel comes down. Snap! Bear trap. <laughs> Bear trap. <laughs> Her right foot breaks a twig, a, st- <gasps> a small twig in half, but it was like an explosion. Because it was so sound. quiet. It was like a small explosion. Right at that moment, that sound sent Garfield running from the bushes. He is cut up bad, bleeding everywhere. Oh, no. He beelines straight from to where he came from. Thank God that his sense of direction is better than Carly's. Yeah. 
the twig snapping like a, quote, small explosion, the cat running. It was too much for Carly. Sensory overload. Carly just runs the same way as Garfield. (laughs) She's freaking out. She's crying. There's tears going down into her eyes. She's dodging branches. She's getting bit. She's getting scraped. She's bleeding as well. She still knows something is behind her. And now it. she knows. She knows she's being chased. She knows. You would too if you're in the woods and you just got that feeling that someone is running after you and you just don't stop. Right. You know, you just do not want to stop. Right. Yeah. Here's the difference though is that I wouldn't go into the woods and also I wouldn't be running because the only thing I run after. What is, if Murphy went in the woods like that? Okay, yeah. Well, I would there you go. Run now you go in the Murphy, woods. Actually, yeah. <laughs> You've ruined my joke, but yeah, I would run after Murphy. Actually, I would actually, no, see, I don't run after Murphy. I back my car out of the driveway and follow him around with the car, hoping he'll jump into the car. Do you need to get one of those uh, things we got, man? The Fi Collar? Yeah. Well, I have an Apple tag on him, but oh. like, so I, it's not that I don't know where he is. I, what I really need is a fence in my front yard so he like doesn't run out. Yeah. Carly's running at full speed. She's running at full speed. She reaches a clearing in the path. Wait, was this here before? I don't remember there being a clearing here, but no time to think about it. She jumps over a fallen tree branch and her left shoe is a little bit untied. The laces get tangled up in this little branch, tangled all to hell. So she goes down. She falls. Mm -hmm. She couldn't clear that little tree branch. She starts to feel herself sink, literally. In quicksand? Her right foot. The left foot being tangled. She's trying to pull it out, but at the same time, her right foot is sinking. Like, what? 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 In the middle of the clearing, she felt her foot sink and she fell forward into a rectangular depression. Oh, no. At once, she felt engulfed by an icy cold. Her nostrils were just instantly assaulted by the stench of rotting flesh. She felt, rather than saw, something drawing her near, forced herself to her feet, and thrashed her way through the underbrush to the house. She fell into a into a grave. That poor girl. No shit. Ugh. Those things are everywhere, apparently. Well, you said that because you said that the holes that Ben would dig, like in automatically sunk, were rectangular. Yeah, They're graves. Oh, I'll, sh- I'll show you someone recently that reviewed this book that say they they still fill those damn holes up and they won't what? stay filled up. Yeah, I'll show it show it to you. I mean, it was like one of those Amazon you know reviews, but yeah. it is legit. Wow. I mean, it's scary as shit, man. All right. She survived, thank God. Yeah. Jean had vowed to make sure Garfield never escaped again. Whatever was in the woods didn't get him, didn't change Garfield. He still had the good eyes and was still loving. It didn't have time to infect the cat. Well, that's good. Yeah. But to make sure he didn't escape again, he was house confined. Unlike the other two cats, though, Garfield, during these weeks of him being back, continued to eat eat and gain weight. In fact, so much weight, it was literally impossible to tell that he was pregnant or she was, she was pregnant. It's a woman. It's a girl. (laughs) It's a woman cat. It's a cat woman. Oh my God. All right. So it never said the gender of Garfield. So I just assumed it was a dude. Yeah. That's a, that's a boy cat name, but, but it is pregnant. So, oh, well maybe they didn't know how to tell cats are harder to tell than dogs. Well, you're, you, you're about to read and that's going to, to show you. But it never said the gender, and I just understood that that can't be a dude cat. No, no, because if it was a dude cat, he would inherit Disneyland. (laughs) Garfield, the feline cat, continued to eat and gain weight. Somehow, somehow, I mean, how is this cat pregnant? This cat ran away for literally ten minutes, came back pregnant. I mean, they say it only takes what. Thirty seconds. Was it impregnated by a banshee in the woods? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hit it and quit it. I, I don't Jesus know what to Christ. tell you. And this is coming. I, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know. But all right, this is nuts. Weeks went by, and this was the one thing the family is looking forward to: new kittens. They forgot about all this paranormal craziness, or just kind of lived with it. Whatever toilets flushing, my water yeah. bills through the roof. Just hope that one of those kittens doesn't end up in the toilet. But right when what? Like with the toilet flushing, I hope like one of the kittens doesn't get curious and like oh go for a swim. The same week that Garfield was about to give birth, he goes missing. But uh-huh. he can't be missing far. Right, and he's, 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 he's under house, house arrest. He's under house arrest. He's under. 
house house arrest. <laughs> he's under he's under house arrest. They found him in the garage in the Oldsmobile. Mm, he was probably nesting. Yeah, exactly. Can you read 152? This is from the book. What she's going to read. Maybe she started to go into labor. Jean hurried over to the car and looked in. Nothing in the front seat. She peered into the back and felt her stomach turn. She wanted to look away, but couldn't. At first, she wasn't sure of what she was seeing. She only knew it was horrible, whatever it was. Then she knew, but it didn't seem possible. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It was Garfield's kittens. They'd all been born inside out. That was the only way she could describe it. She'd never seen anything like it. The cats were born inside out. That's from the book. You read it. I did read it. I had to read it three times before I could say it out loud. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? Nicole. Nicole goes, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean. D- dang. The cats are born inside out. Is that even possible, man? Like all the organs are born on the outside. But, that, but that, I mean, that happens with like maybe like one or two kittens from the litter, I guess. I mean, not what? usually, but. How, when does that happen at all? I, it could ha- like if it doesn't develop properly, kind of like how Luna's eye didn't develop. The whole litter was born. That's what I'm saying. That's strange. And she is nursing or taking care of whatever this is. She's in the back with these kittens that are, oh my God. Yeah. At least she (laughs) loves her kittens for who they are and not what they look like. Okay. Wolfie says, now I wish it had been ants. Me too, man. Sram says, how do you say pussy backwards? Isn't that terrible? Ask Missy Elliott. That is terrible. All right. Let let me talk about the old man. Yusup. That's how you would say it. Let's talk about old the old man. The old man again? Yeah, let's talk about the old man that came to the Jehovah's Witness. Yes. For the dead. They came to the Hanny's house when they were building a pool. We actually know his name because he showed up in court. He had to testify. Oh. And a few other people had to testify too. This is like I said, this is a a real case. Right. And there were suing the developers, right? There were a lot of court proceedings over there this. Okay. And one of the men who buried the bodies. Okay. A Jasper Norton. That sounds like a body barrier name. What? Like it just does. (laughs) It just does. Jasper is the name of one of the villains in 101 Dalmatians. Jasper Norton was the elderly man that came up real worried and Mm. he would eventually testify. This is him. That's him right there. Oh, he looks like a nice old man. Yeah, he's a very nice old man. This elderly man is the one that visited the Hannies, and his name was Jasper Norton. He claimed there are at least 60 bodies buried there, but probably in the hundreds. And he wasn't the only one burying the bodies. Going back to the Google Earth real quick. Okay. I got to show you where all the bodies are buried. Okay. So if we're looking at the Google Earth right here, you see this U? Yeah. All right. And you see this is the this is the Williams house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and then all the street over here. Mm-hmm. Just like look at all of this. So like the entire neighborhood. Well, here's a here's a uh, picture. This is shaded in black. This is the Han- Hanny's house with the pool. Uh-huh. All of this in the black color, there's bodies all around around here. Hundreds, possibly more. He knew of 60 himself. But he wasn't the only one that buried them. He wasn't the only one that buried them. And they're everywhere. And uh, this is from Unsolved Mysteries because they did did this case like Mm -hmm. 30 years ago. Right. Quote, and at that point, we stopped with the backhoe and we got down in the hole and continued digging by hand. There were pine boards. When we lifted up the first board, we could see an indentation of a skeleton form. It didn't take long to figure out it was actual human remains. Just under the place where they wanted Wanted to build a pool, wanted to put a pool, they found 25 human fragments. In the in the 1800s, there was a powerful slave owner. His last name was McKinney. I think it was the same McKinney that signed the Texas Declaration of Independence. You know how they had their own thing. Mm-hmm. He had many slaves. In fact, enough to build an entire community. When slavery ended in Texas and all slaves were now free men, the McKinney family allotted those free slaves a portion of land to start a community. Okay. That community was called the Black Hope Community. Okay. Which is kind of fucked up. They're black and, oh, now they're free. So it's like, here, you know, hope, right? Right. The community was thriving. Hundreds of people in, in this square I was telling you about. Right. Hundreds of people, a church, a school, and of course, a cemetery. Many communities sprouted up and the Black Hope community, just like the other ones, were ravished by fire. There was lots of fire during the times. Mm-hmm. So you remember the Boston mm-hmm. fire, the Charleston fire, all mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. 
most of the town Chicago fire most of the town's folk left to start somewhere new however the bodies were never removed from the cemetery nor was the cemetery ever a fic- officially recognized by the state of Texas mm. So Mm -hmm. they are buried over this cemetery called the Black Hope Cemetery. Those are the actual graves. Okay. That is in the backyard of the Williams home. Now it is, but it wasn't before? This was before. So so the graves were there. It was never... Okay. All right. So let me... Sorry. Let me summarize so I understand. The developers who built on this land were able to purchase and build on this land because it was never an officially recognized cemetery. But when they built the land, the graves were there, but they took them out for the people. Or were the graves always... They're not going to say they take them out. They'll never... But, but, but the gravestones were not there when the Williams purchased their plot, were they? Uh, read number, read page 137. Mm-mm-mm. Now I'm mad. <clears throat> There's a whole goddamn graveyard under us, right here in our yard, under our house, this minute. You mean, they built right over Old Black Graveyard. Sam's researched the whole thing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of bodies. Jean felt faint. She sat down at the kitchen table. How? Sam believes they knew it. They may even have a, bit, have a cross and a fence that got bulldozed over. Oh, Lord, no. Why didn't they tell us? He didn't know himself until last year. Then, when they filed, filed their suit, Purcell countersued, he said that he and Judith were harassing them. His lawyers told him not to say anything they could use against him. The Purcell company is the developers here. The Purcell Corporation is the developers. Correct. They're the ones that cleared the land. Right. But they didn't know there was a cemetery there because it's not officially recognized. However, going back, I told you last time that the one of the contractors who was bulldozing was a drunk guy. Right. He said, hey, there's bodies buried under here. So did another contractor for the Sam and Judas property. This is this will actually make you sick right here. Testimony from others that visited the graveyard still today, elderly black family said that before the construction started and the lots were cleared, the, quote, fence around the graves of Charlie and Betty Thomas, along with a small cross, had been bulldozed when the site was prepped for the Hanny home. This is what they bulldozed here. They bulldozed this. The fuck is wrong they bulldozed, with people? They bulldozed over that. How can they be so ignorant? That's why they were going to court, because they have powerful lawyers. Right. No, it was, that was a, a dog pen or... Or a hog pin. It has a fucking cross. You see a goddamn cross on it. Like it, it is clearly a graveyard. They bulldozed over a graveyard on purpose. I mean, dude, no way, man. No effing way. No wonder they got the freaking, no wonder the guy was drunk. Who else are they going to hire to freaking bulldoze over a graveyard? Anyone else would be like, I'm not doing this and I'm going to go tell somebody. You just get some drunk guys like whatever, man, you know? Like Barney operating the plow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can you imagine? They bulldozed over an entire graveyard to build these homes. And there's hundreds of bodies buried back there. And these rectangular holes in the ground, which they knew about, because they cleared the land. They were literal graves with bodies in them. I mean, can you even get so, I mean, so so here's the thing. It's not officially recognized cemetery because they were slaves that were set free. And it's not like they had a bunch of money to go build stuff and get headstones and all this stuff. That's that's just. And they still live there today. They haven't moved the bodies, y'all. You got to understand, there's still all the hundreds of bodies are still fucking there. They haven't moved anything. That's why people keep moving out still. But here's the thing that I wonder, though, like now that they know that it was a graveyard. Like they could have could they have done some research into who was buried there and contacted the families and say, hey, do you want your loved ones or your ancestors body to be moved? But then who would be responsible for the payment of that? I guess it would be the builders who bulldozed over the over the thing like they should pay for those for those. Well, most most of these people are dead. You have Jasper Norton, the the elderly man. Yeah. He was a small child helping his daddy bury these bodies. The last body buried in this cemetery was 1939. Oh. So it started 18, what, 65? Or whenever slavery was ended in Texas, I guess it's 1865. That's where they started the community. So the community burned down within 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. 
they were using it as a de facto cemetery, you know, and then, so we're talking about the 1900s. Yeah. So Jasper, and this was in the 80s, so Jasper's right at the age now to be elderly and had helped his daddy bury bodies. Right. Along with all the other children who are now in their 90s coming forward and saying, I know where bodies are buried. Yeah. Because there's a whole effing fucking subdivision over a graveyard. And the Purcell Company doesn't want to do anything about it because, you know what I'm saying? They can't admit that they were they did that on purpose. But it's like, at the same time, how do you not know? How, but how do I they feel not like they know? Knew. I feel like they knew, of course but they, they didn't care because, it, it, you, because you they have the opportunity to have this prime land, this prime real estate, which is in the perfect place, probably, which is why it was so many people's dream homes. But because the community was not officially recognized, the cemetery was not an officially recognized cemetery, they didn't have to go through jump, jump through a whole bunch of hoops to do that. I mean, that's why when they came out, they brought their lawyers and everything else. And so now, you know what I'm saying? Like, and here's here's the thing I want you guys to understand. The Williams are in a pickle. They're in a predicament. So is every other family, because mm-hmm. here is the thing. It is not a recognized cemetery. So the state of Texas does not recognize bodies under that ground. OK, you understand even from testimony from people building it. But listen, so you can get those bodies moved and you can sue the corporation for doing that. Mm-hmm. But you got to prove there's bodies under there. Well, how do you do that? You have to pay. You know, you have to dig. Well, yeah. You well, you dig. can't do that because then what? Then That's desecration of yeah. a corpse. That's a felony, a very serious offense. But you have to prove it. The medical examiner can go and dig. OK, but first you got to prove there's a body under there. But how do you do that? You you can't unless you dig. So you're in a catch 22. You can't dig because it's desecration of a corpse and for the state of Texas to dig, you got to prove a body there. But how are you going to prove there's a body there mm. if it's well, underground? They do have they do have dogs, but I mean, how many people can afford to hire a, a, an agency to get a, a human remain a corpse smelling dog to go search their backyard? You just need to aerate the ground. I saw this the other day on my um, on the show I was watching the Jack Osborne's ghost hunting show that I was watching. You you just aerate the ground and then the dogs sniff and then. And they alert you if there's human body there. But you would have to air at the entire property. This is a all black cemetery. Very poor people. We're talking about slaves, former slaves that are now free. But what does freedom mean to, you know... It's Isn't almost they like they're. Get a job it's at- almost like they're permanently enslaved because they like, like even the place that there was supposed to be their final resting place is owned by someone else now. From the white man, that's fucked up. It's true though. You said it, not me. But hey, it's true. These former slaves and this community, the Black Hope community, obviously there's no money to bury, have proper burials. They they can't afford a casket. They can't afford a ceremony. Which is why they it was go, just the plywood. They go bury their own. And going back to the oak tree, you know, the one with the strange markings on it? Mm-hmm. What do you think those strange markings were? <sighs> Dates. A family would go and be like, okay, I don't think anyone's buried here. I don't think any of our brothers or sisters are buried here. Let's dig these out and we'll mark this tree with, you know, our family symbol or an arrow or something. Simple markings. Oh. All the markings on the tree indicate where, so they'll know where to find that body mm. again. Because like they, Croatoid. they can't afford headstones, most of them. Mm-hmm. They can't afford that stuff usually. They have to make de facto stuff. They're making their own coffins. That's why the coffins. Coffins were completely shredded. They were making the coffins out of scrap wood, whatever they could find, you know? And it would be a quiet ceremony, just the family. They would take the body into this pauper's grave, just this space that the slave owner, McKinney, the McKinney family had allotted them. And that's it. And and there's hundreds of them. And all the ones that died in the fire, this, that, and the other. And now as you go back and see where this location was, you can see just where the cemetery was which is right here, you know, that the black spot being the Hanny's house and then the one across the street being the Williams. So all of that, their bodies all in this, from what we know, most of the black families didn't, you know, they didn't be like, okay, here's a map of all the bodies. You right. just went and, you know, if you think someone's buried there, you don't bury there and you look for the markings or a temporary headstone or whatever. Kind of crazy, right? Yeah. So what do you guys think of this nuts, man? That's so sad. That's really That's very up. fucking sad. That's all right. So, sad. so we're finishing this up. But like I said, Jasper was a little boy when he helped bury these, some of the 
last bodies, the last one being 1939. Another man, Albert Pritchett, which was another elderly black man, remembered burying two girls, quote, sweet girls under the Williams household. Quote, I remember them, said Albert Pritchett, a 90-year-old man who helped bury the bodies. Quote, I remember them. They were pretty girls, sweet girls, laughed a lot, very pretty. Oh, this is just like, just took a turn. Like, I was like, ooh, haunted spooky stuff. And now I'm just like, this is just so sad. It's Dude, just, it's crazy. setting. I know. Because you know they knew. I mean, you don't, you, you you know, man. I mean, you didn't know when you bought the land or whoever you got it from, but, but well, they got it from the McKinney family. The McKinney family, whatever descendant, sold yeah, decided, this company. Yeah, okay, going to sell this to you. Yeah. May have bodies under it. Well, they don't even uh, say that, you know. Will related how he had buried, among others, two of his own sisters side by side under a small oak. Nobody could afford headstones then, so he had chosen the oak as a marker. And on it, he engraved an arrow pointing toward the ground and other markings he couldn't clearly recall. Ben and Jean described their lay of the land, the oak and the markings on it. So, yeah. So the markings, the strange markings, they were strange, but now you know what they are. It's like kind of fucked. Yeah. So oh, um, he, that's his sisters that he had to bury. Oh. Finding out the bodies were under there did seem to relieve the families of the strange happenings for a little bit. This is this is the weird part about it. The two people buried in the Hanny's backyard were Betty and Charlie Thomas. We do have a, a photo of Betty Thomas. Hmm. Like, I know this is real old, but that's her. That's the only known wow. photo of existence of her. Okay. So that's what she looked like. Remember the ring? She was wearing the ring mm-hmm. and it fell off. Mm-hmm. So at least we have a name. Now, the Hannies were obviously extremely upset and they vowed to live in peace. They're obviously not going to be able to pull. Right. They're going to live in peace with the, the bodies. And they did give them a proper burial. They did everything and everything did settle down. That's good. However, the court process, the, you know, per, uh, the Purcell, like trying to avoid any responsibility, all this stuff, months and months and months passed. It's like, OK. You know we're down here now. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move out. But now you you months and months and months pass. So it started bringing it started coming back again. Hmm. So during this time, the Purcell company was just dodging all responsibility. There was a two million dollar claim filed. They brought in the movie Poltergeist to try to explain to the judge what's going on. They said stuff like, "Hey, you know this wasn't even recognized. It's not our fault." All right, the Purcell company, they're not going to give them their money back. But if they want to sell their house, they are forced to put the disclosure that it may be above a a burial ground. Isn't that effed up? So now you know why the house value went down 70% in a year because they found out there were bodies down there. Yeah, the fact that they bulldozed over that graveyard, that we have a a very old picture of the graveyard. This one right here is, and they said it was a hog pen. But you have Jasper Norton and all those other guys testifying that that's not a hog pen because if it was a hog pen, it'd be close to civilization. Who's right. going to put a hog pen way out there? Right. That's a graveyard. And it was still visited for a while. That's why he knew. You know, he would still kind of go there and he saw this construction. He was like, mm, what's going on here? Anyway, um, like the rest of the families in that subdivision, up until today, it's still a cycle today. I swear to you, still a cycle. The Hannies, the Williams, everyone else would just abandon their home because they can't can't wait this out years and years and years. Eventually that $2 million suit fell through anyway. No responsibility. They got away scot-free. And that subdivision is still there today. It was became too much of a burden to stay. The Williams lost six people in their family, Tina being at the very end. Well, it's it's just the point I was trying to make before is like you need to respect whoever is responsible. Someone's responsible for this. Like someone someone is responsible for like, okay, we're just going to build over this. Like there were headstones there. Like there were were headstones. I know there weren't many. They bought it from the the McKinney family. But like not even this, you know, specific example, but like Indian burial grounds or like you need to research these areas before you just go ahead and just because. It's not even about like bad juju and haunting and stuff. It's about respect. Like, think about it if if your ancestors were buried somewhere and then you go to visit them 30 years later and it's like, oh, there is a townhome over my parents' grave. Like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, and 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 that I mean that necessarily wouldn't happen now because there are a lot more like recognized cemeteries and life is different now. But but like, it's just it's just very upset. 
it's just very upsetting. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. It's just, it just sucks. Shram, to answer your question, this is an actual photo of the graveyard at the time. So there were headstones, but this is the. No, she's making a. Oh, but. So no head. I mean, I, can, I cannot imagine a company just bulldozing over these headstones. But honestly, with the greed, because you cannot effing tell me that this, they claim it was a small fence with a small cross. Look at this fucking thing. That thing is huge. That's not a pig pen. That's not a dog pen. That's t- is that a person standing in front of that other one? And you can see they're cutting down trees around it. You can see the trees they're cutting around it. it. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, man. They know what they're doing. They're cutting the damn trees around it. And eventually they're going to say, fuck, it, we need to just bulldoze over it. Stop cutting down trees. Stop building places. They bulldozed over it and they knew it. We don't need new housing development. Jesus fucking Christ. They knew it, people. They fucking knew it. I can promise you that. And it's all of these. It's every one of these, too. From this little circle right here, all the way over here, all the way up in here, and probably all in these woods, too. All of those. They're all graves. It's fucking disgusting, man. It's disgusting. Ugh. Anyway, the reason I didn't want to do that when I started doing it is because we live in Charleston and Charleston was a huge slave port. And, you know, a slave dies, you're not going to have a fancy burial. You're going to go to wherever you can find and, you know, throw them in there or whatever. And we live, we're we're actually moving out to like the swampy woods where shit like that would have happened. Yeah, when I, when I first moved down here, when it, um, I when I but you see why I didn't want to do it yes. when I started doing it. I was like, fuck. When, this I, is- when I first moved down here with my younger group, one my young adult group, one of the things that we went to, um, there's a place called Mepkin Abbey. And in Mepkin Abbey, there is a small area. It was an African-American, African-American cemetery. And the project that we did, we were like helped to clean up the area and like, because yeah, it was all grown over and stuff like that. But it was, yeah, like there's sad. a There's a African-American cemetery on Sullivan's Island. Because this would happen uh, in Charleston, I tell you. I guarantee you there's a lot of buildings built over old graveyards. But I don't know. What do you think? I think it was a story I didn't really expect that specific answer to. Yeah. But I hope that I hope that, you know, the coming and goings of new homeowners like, well, because now they have to know. Right. Like they have to advertise that it's it's not on there anymore. I I looked on Zillow, like some of the houses, they don't say it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe when you go to buy it, they have to say it or something. But it's not like on the websites. I feel like that's something that as a potential home buyer, I would want to know. But also knowing me would not want to know either. Yeah. You know. Um, like it makes me kind of like, no, I'm nope, no, not curious, not (sighs) curious. I'm safe where I'm at having good. So, I mean, you know, this is, this is crazy, man. That story like upset me. Yeah. You know, most of them are not even there to like fight the battle. I know that's the worst part. And eventually they just had to leave. They, they dude, their house value goes down 70% and they have to walk away. Like they're complete bankrupt, you know, like what's the life, what's the life now for them and all your family members in the hospital. I mean, dude, it's no life. Mm-mm. I mean, I feel like that was greed. You know? I wonder if the like if the spirits were intelligent enough and I'm not saying intelligent like smart. I'm saying intelligent like they have residual hauntings and intelligent hauntings. I wonder if the spirits were intelligent enough to realize that maybe the people who were moving in didn't know. You know what I mean? Apparently not because they were haunting them. Remember I said the Williams, they had many graves back there. Right. But we know of two because of one of the two guys that testified right. who buried the body said right. they buried the two sisters here. Right, that right. didn't mean that they were haunting them or whatever. That could have been someone else. No, I know that. But I mean, like, like I wonder the the spirits that were there and causing the, well, I am just assuming, but like, how can you not assume after hearing what had happened? Like if some spirits were just angry about the whole fact that like people were there in the first place, which yeah, I get it. But like the people that were there in the first place may or may not have known that there were bodies underneath. Yeah. So it's like, is it fair or But, no? but then again, and like they just saw a bulldozer going over their grave. Yeah. It's like, I'm down here. Yeah. You hey, know it because there's a fucking fence. Yeah. You know? Wolfie says if they're mad, then they're mad. Dude, they even testified the the guy that bulldozed the fence. They got him up there. Mm. I mean, dude, 
It's not a, oh my God, that is so terrible. It is. That is so effing terrible, dude. That that greed is just, un- because you have all these other houses, man, you know? Do you really have to put an extra two houses here? Make a park. No shit. Oh my God. But once they sell a house and they don't care anymore, this is, I don't know. Now you see why I didn't want to do the story. If there was a place that this would happen, it'd be damn Charleston, South Carolina. I can fucking promise you that. Yeah. We had the the biggest or the second biggest slave port in the nation, the market, you know, the market everyone loves to go. That's where it's they so would sell right slaves at. They would yeah. sell slaves People. right at that market. Mm-hmm. Now you can buy like baskets and all kind of candy and shit. candles. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty Our great. Suggest- it is. I mean, it's really, like I said, it's very trendy. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a great tour to stop if you come down here. But Crazy. Mm. So anyway, that's the Black Hope case. Well, I'm glad I made it to hear the second half. Yeah, me too. I'm glad you came because that yeah. would not have been fun. Just me. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I got the inside scoop on it. The book is really rare to find. Mm. I should shouldn't have marked in it with pen, but I did. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. So yes. I guess that's it. Well, you can sign us out of here, Jen. Well, thanks, everyone. I hope you all have a happy Halloween. And um, I don't want to use John's line, so I'll just say good night, everybody. I kind of run this shit.